I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. The fuck was that? <laughs> I was going to try a pirate voice, and then I realized I didn't remember <laughs> what a pirate voice sounded like. And I was like, I've got to do something. That sounded this. like if someone who had never heard what a pirate was before was explained what a pirate was, and then they tried to yeah. do a pirate accent, but they were also mostly just Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I've got to do that one time. I've got to go full Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> I'll do that one day. All right. There's an episode where they do mention Perth. Maybe I'll give you a heads up. Okay. Or well, you'll see the episode oh, yeah. and then you'll know. When they mention Perth. Contrary to popular belief, I do in fact watch the episode before we record this. <laughs> I could understand if you couldn't tell given my general lack of knowledge, but... Oh dear. But yes, no, that's, uh, I want to say season seven, episode 21. I that is very specific. Hang on, I'll double check. Because it's reading is fundamental, which is one of my favourites. Fucking right. Season 7, episode 21, reading is fundamental. Anyway, this is not the point. Today we are here to discuss the sixth episode of the third season of Supernatural titled Red Sky at Morning. Jamie, what did you think? I think I'm going to dive straight into my PSA for this morning. Love that for us. Do you have any guesses? No, I don't. No, um, you don't. Oh, no. I was going to say swimming, but I've... I've guessed that before. I guess that in play things, and also that no one's swimming in this. There's all. There's actually quite a few I could go with in this episode. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Like it could be like don't steal people's cars. It could be even if you're old, groping still gross. It. Could... <laughs> it doesn't automatically become charming because you're old. Because you're old. Uh, <laughs> could be. Could be fucking don't kill your family members. <laughs> it could be a lot of things. You want to be- you're thinking way too big picture. I'm going oh, okay. mundane this week. Oh, okay. When you're out running alone at night, don't have both your headphones in. Mm, that's like that's a safety, safety. issue. We like my mum always told world. me, like, if you're ever out in public, only have one headphone in. Then if a car's fucking careening your way, you hear it coming and you don't die. Never have both your headphones in to cross you at the road. Like, don't do that. <laughs> Thank you for enlightening us today, Jamie. Um, while we were talking about the opening scene, my God, running alone at night, my God, I wish I had the confidence to not have fear of being murdered. Can't relate. <laughs> this is how we know this is a, like, sci-fi fantasy show. No woman I have ever met would go running at night oh, with God. both her headphones in alone. I don't know anyone who would, like, and, like, here's the thing. She should be able to. This is this is a reality we should all be like you know, living. Living. I would fucking love to be able to go for a walk at three o'clock in the morning and not fear for my fucking life. So a lot of this episode is focused on water, mm-hmm. people drowning. Well, yep. in places where traditionally you don't drown. I want to talk about the shower scene because I don't know what it was about the showers. Like, okay, my issue is the way she's showering. Because, oh, you mean the gross sexual objectification? Oh, well, yes. Obviously, my problem is the gross sexual objectification. And also the, like, the, 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 the shower like, scene. Facing the shower and, like, sweeping it dramatically that's back. The thing, and that's the thing that I was going to talk about. The male gaze. Because, oh my god, literally all she's doing in this shower is just facing directly into the water with her mouth open, which... Yeah. Like, I can... Okay, if you brush your teeth in the shower or something like I get, like, you rinse your mouth out, you, you know, spit... So, after you brush your teeth, you shouldn't rinse your mouth out. God, we're doing so many PSAs today. Because if you rinse <laughs> your mouth out, all the fluoride and shit in the toothpaste that's meant to protect your teeth long term yeah, gets rinsed out. And 
point is she's staring up into the yeah. fucking water. Yeah. She's inhaling it. Though, honestly, I know you don't normally drown in the shower. The way she was showering, you could. Yeah. You know, and she's just looking her hair back over yeah. and over. I'm like, that's not showering, babe. There's no soap involved. There's no, like, speaking of soap, there's no soap in that first shot, right? Yeah. And then then she leans out to check if anybody's there. And then she leans back in and she's suddenly got bubbles and shit coming out of her head. I'm like, she didn't have soap in there before. Why is it? I'm so confused. I'm like, are you not washing any other part of your body? There's no loofah. There's no studs. There's, like, at one point there is some soap in, like, the back of her hair. But then it's just, I just, this is not... Like she's just gone for a run. She's sweaty. She's sweaty. She's not like, cleaning under her armpits. Like what? what? I, it just it annoys me because I'm like, you could have had the same scene, but you could have just had her actually shower. Like even if you wanted to get, just keep the obviously you keep the camera on her face, right? Even yeah. If, she could have used a cleanser. Like she could have been cleaning her fucking face, or yeah. even just actually cleaning her hair. We could have had this, but they were like, no, just. Just put your face directly in the stream and then just slick your hair back like and you're open fucking your fucking Draco Malfoy. Like, <laughs> yeah, open your mouth. Oh, God. I, but then the way they kill her and they, like, push her up against the glass, I'm like, it's just, it's so unnecessary. I mean, you could say that about a lot of Supernatural, couldn't you? The majority of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, no, the shower scene, uh, it, I don't know. Like, they could have just showed her getting out of the shower and then mm. drowning, standing in her bathrobe. Yeah, like that. I don't know. There's like a million ways she could have drowned. You didn't. It didn't have to be in the shower. It didn't have to be with the. I don't know. Maybe and also going noticed... for like a psycho reference. Yeah. Like I'm not sure. It, it didn't really pay no. off. <laughs> she didn't get stabbed. Like if she'd no. been stabbed. Yeah. Then I would have been like, oh, okay. So it's this is like reference. this is like a yeah. homage. Yeah. To, like all right. homage. Yeah, sure. But like I don't know. I didn't love it. It's the weird sexual objectification for me that I was just like, eh, probably could have done without that. <sighs> yes, well. Probably would have been more effective horror if it wasn't just her sort of standing in the shower looking artistically fucking draped with water and shit as it yeah. half washed her hair but not really. Okay, moving on from that because, yeah, I did not care for that shit at all. No. Let's jump to the end of the episode a bit. Oh, okay, I'm going straight yeah. to the episode. When episode. Sam's like, I think I have a solution. This might work. Yeah. Um, and then they have the seance and they summon the dead brother. Yes. All I could think of was ghost family therapy and just, like, how fun that would be as a concept. Oh, I kind of love that. Like a sitcom that's based in a therapist's office and, like, each week it's a different ghost because they're not just the therapist, they're a psychic therapist. Oh, my God, wait, and they're, like, helping them get through their trauma, yeah. which allows them to move on. Yeah. Oh but it's also God. a sitcom. Wait, so kind of like roadkill. Yeah. But, like... A different. sick conversion, yeah. I kind of love that. <laughs> oh, if we've got a ghost therapist now, we need a ghost therapist name. Because we've got Steve-O oh, and we're Bob. Really, we're really expanding the universe. Yeah. Bob, Bob Steve-O, and Sue? Bob Steve-O, and Sue. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yes, no, that's such a fucking cute idea. I love the concept of, like, having... I guess, like, you know we were talking about in Houses of the Holy and how, yeah. like, theoretically they could just get ordained and then read people yeah. their last rites as, like, a way to, like, have the spirit move on. I kind of love this as, like, an alternate. And it even actually calls back to the pilot where they had the woman in white meet her children and mm-hmm. that was what brought her back. And they drowned too, yeah. actually, come to think of it. Mm-hmm. There's heaps of water in that scene. So, no, I thought it was very, very smart on Sam's part. And I love the concept of ghost therapy. That's iconic. So many characters in this series need therapy. Um, including both Dean and Bella. 
which is a conversation that they have a lot in this episode. The two of them, I swear to God, they're just trading back and forth with like, um, you've got daddy issues? Well, same. (laughs) And also, Bella's responsible for someone in her family dying. Yeah. I feel like, however, okay, just hear me out here. Um, I feel like that means absolutely jack shit. Okay. Because here's the thing. The first woman who dies, Mm -hmm. she dies because she was in a bad car accident and she happened to survive and her cousin didn't. Yeah. Might not have been her fault. I was going to say, I think Dean is being a fucking dick in this scene. I love him, but he's being a dick for this exact reason. We know nothing of the context of Mm -hmm. her family member's death. Yeah. It could literally be that, like, you know... Her grandmother or something was in hospital with and not gonna recover and she pulled the plug. Like yeah. that would count under this ghost interpretation of spilling your own family's blood. Exactly. Like, I will It's not like the brothers who Loki murdered murdered their father. Yeah. <laughs> um like Loki. <laughs> they did it together, so neither one's high key. Oh, okay. So because it was a collaborative key. project. Yeah. It was... So it goes from one person <laughs> being high key to two people being low key. Sure, that's how that's that how works. works. That's how murder works. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that Dean's being an ass, And, like, I get that he's pissed off. And I do because mm-hmm. also, like, come on, Bella, what the fuck? But, like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, dude, have a little tact. Yeah. Although, in saying that, like I said, I love Dean. He was being a dick. I also love Bella. She keeps fucking calling Dean stupid. And I don't appreciate that. No. Like, I love her. I do. And I love him. I do. But they're so mean to each other. And it's, like, mean on a different level. They're, like, they're not going for the, like, ribbing. Like, it's not, like, ha-ha, like, nudge-nudge. It's, like, I'm gonna go, like, I'm gonna go for the absolute barb that will get you. Yeah. Like, literally, it's, like, oh, did your daddy not hug you enough? It's, like, did yours? And it's just, like, no. (laughs) No, he didn't. Like, you know, or... When they're talking, they have, like, a whole back and forth. You know, she's going, like, you do this after vengeance and obsession and you're stone's throw away from being a serial killer, which... Legally he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do kind of want to talk about this discussion they have because she makes a couple of points where she says, you know, you think that you're heroes, essentially, but, like, your motivation is no better than my motivation. Like, your motivation is out of vengeance, as she says. Whereas her motivation is money. Mm. Uh, And so she says, you know, I do a job and I get paid for it. Tell me which is healthier. Mm. And, like, she kind of has a point. No, I 100% think that Bella's approach to the supernatural is way healthier than the boys. 100%. Like, 110%. Like, obviously they have, they were sort of, they have a very different relationship mm. with, like, it makes sense that the boys are out for revenge. Like, that makes sense. But I do think she has a point where she's like, don't look da- I think she says, like, don't look down on me as if I'm not as good as you or something. Yeah. Like, and yeah, she's fucking right. Like, they're involved for different reasons. And yes, like, you could argue that Bella's, Bella is much more self-serving. Yeah. But the boys are also self-serving, yeah. just in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the context of the situation. And okay, but Bella is morally grey, mm. but also... She's not out here murdering people with her own two hands. Like, she... Yeah. She's just, like, she finds an object, she finds a seller, she passes the object along. Yeah. And, okay, sometimes that object is an object that could hurt people. But at the end of the day, she's sort of just the middleman. Like, she's not... She's not responsible for how that object gets used. That's And like, she's also not responsible... She's not making these objects. Yeah, if I go to Bunnings, mm-hmm. right, and I buy an axe, I'm an adult, 
they would have to require ID. Yeah. I show them the ID. They go, okay, fair enough. Here's your axe. And I go, thank you very much. If I then go out into the car park and kill somebody, the cashier at Bunnings is not responsible for the death. Yeah. That's not how that works. No. And so, like, I think that, yes, Bella is very morally grey. She is self-serving. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that that is a, like... It, it certainly doesn't make her worse than the boys. No. Like, they've certainly done things that are self-serving. They certainly do things that gets other people hurt. And they make... I mean, you'll see through the series. You know, they certainly make choices that benefit themselves. Yeah. I don't think you can really sort of hold you can't hold the boys and Bella to different standards no. you have to hold them to the same standards mm-hmm. otherwise you're not being fair no. to either character here's the thing Bella's just more honest about being self-serving than the boys are full stop yeah, that's all it she's, is she's like fully aware of it and she's, she's like, like yeah I know I'm getting paid like it's fine like it, yeah exactly like this is I'm not creating things that are going to hurt people I'm just not actively destroying them when I find them like yeah. that's like and she's not responsible for the creation of those things nor how they get used she just ferries them back yeah. and forth. Yeah, exactly. It's certainly very interesting seeing her and Dean interact. Mm. And also the implications of this episode, especially when it comes to Gertie, is nine times out of ten, like, the sort of stuff that, you know, we saw in Bad Day at Black Rock and the hat, like, the rabbit's foot and the hand in this one, they're sort of exceptions to the rule for her. Like, she's not always going after these things that are actively killing people. Like, a lot of the times what she's trading in are, like, small tokens and mementos. And she makes a point as well when they're talking about Gertie, and I think the boys are sort of saying, like, oh, what, you just, like, come and, like, you play these women, and, you know, she's like, I perform seances. They can talk to their dead cats, you know. And she's taking the piss, and she doesn't really care about these people, but when they kind of have a crack at her about it, she's like, the comfort that I'm providing them is real. Yeah. And I would argue that that's no different than Missouri lying yeah. to that fucking dude back in home. Yeah. When she says, they don't come here to learn the truth, they come here to hear what they want to hear. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm lying to him because he wants me to. Yeah. And, like, I don't think there's really much difference between, if anything, I think it's almost worse that Missouri is aware mm-hmm. that, like, something terrible is happening in his life and she's choosing not to tell him, whereas Bella's just like, your cat. cat still loves you. Like, yeah, exactly. His wife doesn't, but the cat does. Yeah. And there is something to be said for that being the truth. Like, these yeah. women are, are happy to pay her for a service. Yeah. She's giving them that service. Yeah. You know, in the same way that Missouri was. So I don't, like you say, she's a very morally grey, complex character. And we do learn more about her and her, like, backstory as we go. But I also, I think they've really tried to push it in these first couple of episodes where she's she's been introduced. Mm. They've really tried to push it as, like, she's this horrible person. She's refusing to destroy stuff that's hurting people, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, like, looking at this episode, I don't think that's even the majority of her trade. I reckon that's, like, maybe 5-10% of the shit that she sells. Is are these massively powerful cursed objects and shit that are hurting people? Like, yeah, I think ninety percent of her shit is just finding rich people and kind of like ripping them off, and kind of like low key ripping them off, which is like really minor talismans that do jack shit. Like, yeah, exactly, or like doing like parlor tricks essentially, mm. which is kind of like yeah, take their fucking money. Like, good for you. Like, if she was doing it to people who were like in financial strife, mm. it'd be a whole fucking other discussion. Yeah. But the fact that she's doing it to people who are like, oh, I'm going yachting on the weekend. Like, you've got money to drop. Yeah. Who gives a damn? 
Like, especially if she's you're not be taking advantage, she's not bloody running credit checks and shit to see like how much more money you can spend on her services and like yeah, exactly. trying to get you to mortgage your house and shit to try and squeeze more money out of you. Like, yeah, no, no, no. And like, you can tell by the way that she interacts with Gert that like Gert genuinely likes her. Like, she's obviously built quite a good rapport. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I just, I feel like I really like Bella. I know that the boys don't. I love, actually, I do love throughout the episode, Dean's just like, can I fucking shoot her? And Sam's like, not in public. (laughs) That's right. But no, yeah, Bella definitely has a healthier relationship to the supernatural than the boys do. Yeah. And I also don't think she's as bad as they're trying to make her out to be. Like, I remember, so when Bella was first introduced, I wasn't in the fandom, Mm. but I remember like hearing about and reading about the fandom response to Bella was bad. No one liked her. And I remember seeing a really interesting take on Tumblr for fucking years back now. I don't think I'd be able to find it if I tried. But basically... Because Tumblr's search function is not Oh, God. I feel so bad. Like, half the time in these episodes, I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw on Tumblr, like, three years ago. And I'm like, I have tried to go back and find some of these posts. Impossible. Like, they just, they just go into the void. I have tried because i like you know i want to credit it the op it's with um tumblr's whole screaming into the useless. void thing right anyway i remember coming across this take which was basically like it's hypocritical to dislike bella if you like dean yeah because the reasons that people were giving for not liking bella were the same reasons that they fucking liked dean yeah and then it was just like well this looks suspiciously like sexism to me you know and it makes sense like She's snarky and a smart ass and she deflects with humour and she's cagey and she's in it for personal reasons and like all these things. These are all the re- like things that about Dean's character that we're like Great, love that for it. We're like, like, oh yeah, like he comes out with a witty one line and we're like, oh fucking love that. Like, yeah. yes, that's my baby, but the Bella does it and suddenly she's the villain? No. Like I said before, you can't hold them to different standards. Mm. You have to like look at them and be like, oh, Cool, I like that. Or, like, I don't like that. They exist within the same world. Like, you've got to hold them to the same standards. And also, I would argue that, morally speaking, her source of income is way better than the theirs. The credit card scams? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just... Bella Bella really gets her hard rap, I think. But I like her. I think she's a fun character. Do I agree with her morals? No, but I also don't agree with the boys' morals a lot of the time. Like, I'd probably fall somewhere in the middle. Like, if I was in this universe, I'd probably fall somewhere in the middle. Between, like, selling anything and everything for profit and absolutely just having a miserable life and not seeing any <laughs> potential at all for any sort of... Because yeah. if you find a small talisman that doesn't kill people, why not sell it? It's, it's one of those things where, like, it's a massive discussion about it. But, yeah, I really like Bella. I think... You know, she gives us iconic lines like, how do I sleep at night? On silk sheets, naked, rolling in money. <laughs> it's like, I fucking love that, that for you. Love Bella's that. the original girl boss. <laughs> and I love that for her. If she's the original girl boss, does that make Meg the original gatekeep and <laughs> Ruby the original gaslight? <laughs> I kind of love that. I love them as like a trio. Oh, okay. But Bella and Meg as a Ooh. duo... You don't know Ruby that well yet. I feel like she'd fit that excellently. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know you love Meg, Bella and Meg, as, like, besties. And Ava's the holy trinity. <laughs> Fucking yes! Oh, my God. Ava is queen of hell with bloody, like, her squad. Dude, I would watch the fuck out of that show. Which, oh. Look, I had an idea, and I don't think it's where they're going with this, but, like... 
Oh, is this a, a Jamie theory? This is... A prediction? A psychic no, Jamie? No, it, not really. It's just, like, I would absolutely fucking love it if they they go with the whole, you know, like, Sam is meant to be the leader of Hell thing, but so far he's refused to step up to the plate thing. Yes. Yeah. Dean dies, Hell has his soul, uh-huh. and so Sam becomes, like, the leader of Hell to try and get it fucking back. Like, that's what motivates him to finally step into his role that he was, like, designed for. That's pretty cool. How good would that be as a show? That would be very fucking cool. It's like, not an official prediction. I just think it's kind of a fun, like, alternate timeline theory to go down. I don't know how it fits you're like, into canon. You're like, it's not my, like, I think main it's too theory, clever it's... for them to have done. <laughs> Like, I think it has too much potential. I don't think they wanted to do something with so that much potential. So you think that this could be a potential, like, fix-it fix. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I don't even know how it ends yet, but I'm already like, we could fix it by making it this. I love that. Okay. But no, I think it would be amazing to have, like, Bella, Meg, Ruby, yeah. Ava, Ulf, Ultima Girl Squad. Yeah. That would be a fucking vibe. You've got two humans, two demons... Oh, I have a question for you. Oh, questions. Have, I, I don't like questions. questions. No, no, no. It, this, is, this is not a supernatural related question. Oh. This is a scuba diving question. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Dive. Okay. So for reference, <laughs> yeah. I am a fully qualified scuba diver. Yes. I have. <laughs> That's why I'm asking her the question. <laughs> yeah. She's not just like, hey, Jamie, you have a lot of niche knowledge. Is this something else you have? Which, yes, I do have, but I'm also a certified This isn't diver. like, hey, Jamie, what do you think about the concrete? This is... <laughs> But also, like... This is like, oh, you have a qualification. Yeah. So... Yeah, Trady Jamie's fully unqualified. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Night diving. Yeah. I have a question. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I could think about night diving is yep. that unless you're looking at, like, some sort of bioluminescent yep. stuff, what the fuck are you looking at when you're night diving? Like, you take a torch. Well, yeah. But surely, like, what is the benefit of going diving at night versus going diving during the day? Like, is it just that there's, like, like, is there more ocean life out during the evening? Like, is it, a, like, a nocturnal thing? Like, it really depends where you're diving. Because it just seems like, it seems like it's a bigger safety risk to go mm. at night. It seems like you would see less unless it was, like, bioluminescence, which would be fucking incredible. But, like, it, I was just like, why would you be going diving at night? Like, I'm, like, I was struggling to find pros to that scenario. Different things do come out at night. Okay. Also, if you're doing something like a jetty dive, uh-huh. where you've got a lot of people fishing around, oh, okay. it can be safer to go at night because you don't have people fishing. fishing lines. So yeah. you don't have to worry about fishing lines, which are a fucking pain. Yeah. I hate dodging fishing lines. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, and also a lot of them, because you use the torch, Yeah. the torch, so basically light through water yeah. filters out certain uh, UV links. Yeah. So different sort of coloured light gets to the bottom of the ocean if it's going through the water. Yeah. If you go night diving, no light's coming through, so you've only got the torch light, which is all of the colours. Because oh. it doesn't get filtered out anywhere near severely because instead of because being like, like 10 much... metres down, it's only like 2 metres in front of you. Interesting. So you I can actually see that. a lot of different colours in that. So if you were diving during the day... Mm-hmm. Could, would you just not bring a torch down with you during the day? Because I would imagine... Depends how deep you dive. Yeah, on the depth, you would need it. Yeah, so if you're doing something like like a jetty dive, which is normally about 8 to 10 metres deep, I'm going to say, yeah, torches aren't really necessary for day diving. But if you're doing, I don't know, say a wreck dive, torches absolutely necessary. As soon as you get past that sort of 15, 20 metres down, yeah. 
you're starting to look at limited visibility regardless of like swelling stuff like because visibility is already limited by like if you've had like a really bad storm like a couple of days before because all the sand etc at the bottom of the ocean's all being churned up yeah you can see jack shit because it's all sort of like a filmy haze of sand yeah so and then yeah with extra depth less because the light gets filtered through the water. Yeah. So, yeah. And wreck diving, you always have to take a torch. Like, full stop. No point going wreck diving if you don't have a torch. Scuba stories with Jamie. <laughs> no, I just, I quite generally, because just because they mentioned specifically night yeah. diving, and I was like, that's... Also, nighttime, sometimes night diving is really good if you're collecting specific things, like abalone, etc. Oh. If you're going okay. diving for, like, fishing purposes. Yeah. It's probably huh. good to go at night. Cool. The closest I've ever come to night diving is playing Animal Crossing. So that's my level of ex- expertise yep. and experience. <laughs> All equal, yep. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same. I do have another question for you. Yep. This is unrelated to diving. It is to do with being Australian, so it's still on brand. Okay. What the fuck is a kangaroo court? I have never heard of this, other than outside. Like, I've seen the episode before, obviously, so, like, I've heard it in the episode, but I've never really, like, thought to, like, look into it, because they mention when they're talking about... The, oh, yeah, the on the ship, who, yeah. Yeah, and they said they held a kangaroo court and he got hanged, and I was like... Basically, it's just, like, an informal court, where they don't actually have any jurisdiction. What's it got got to do with a fucking kangaroo, then? I don't know why it's called a kangaroo court. I mean, I could probably look it up, but it's... Does Google know? Probably. Google knows everything. So it's, it's it's an informal court, basically. It's, you know, we're somewhere where there is not a judicial system that can handle this for us, so we, as a group of people, are going to band together and form our own court to decide guilt. Well, there you go. We're learning so many things today. We should probably talk about Sam and Dean talking about the crossroom demon. Yes, we should. And specifically how Sam says that he shot her because she was being a smartass. Yeah. Because if that is a ground to shoot someone, and both brothers should be dead. And he should have fucking shot John. <laughs> if that's his criteria, should have shot John. Anyway, yes. No, I agree. I was like, okay, Sam, you can't just fucking shoot people because they annoy you. Because then... That's not how life works. That's not how this works, babe. And, like, Dean makes an excellent point, which is, like, okay, so she pissed you off, so you shot her, but she was also our only lead. Yeah. Like, you didn't punish her. You fucked us over. Like, what? Like, you let your... You let her get to you, and now we're fucked, not her. Like, she's dead. Yeah. So that's not great for her, but... Like, it means that they now have nothing to go on. And it's like... Sam, sweetie, you're doing a bad job. That was not the way to go about it. I do love, though, the line uh, where Dean's talking about how he notices a bullet missing from the cult. And he's like, so unless you were out shooting some specifically evil cans... (laughs) It did make me laugh. I did love that line. This entire episode was just, like, petty passive aggression. It really was. Like, everything. Yeah, like, between every character as well. Like, everyone's just a little bit passive-aggressive. I do love the scene where Sam and Dean and Bella are at, like, the bar when they're crashing the party. And Sam is, like, pissed off because he's having to deal with Gert. Yeah. Like, they're talking about why they had to to do it. And Sam's like, like, we could have gotten in another We could crash anything. And Dean's like, oh, yeah, I know, but this is easier and funnier. Like... (laughs) And Sam fucking sculling the champagne is a mood. <laughs> also, bloody Bella just like straight up fainting. Dean trying yeah. to work out a way to like convince the guards. With the shelf is allergy. And then he's like, does this have crap? He's like, no. He's like, oh, excellent. And just like full on is eating it. Like while his 
quote unquote wife is like unconscious in his arms. Amazing. And then the way he just sort of dumps her on the couch when he I gets know, off. He just throws her. You know how, oh, there's been a post circulating around Tumblr, which is like, there's all these fake dating fix where it's like, oh, we've got to practice in that before we are protected. And it's like, if you're a straight couple, no one gives a shit. Like, honestly, yeah. you could, like, not, and everyone be like, yikes, not my problem. Yeah. And, like, they're like, oh, yeah, the characters are just so vehemently against being like, oh, no, I'm a good, you know, husband yeah. or wife or whatever. And it's like, Dean's the other direction of that post. Yeah. He's like, I don't care if I look like a shitty fucking husband. She's getting dumped. <laughs> Literally. Then he's obviously gone, like, to steal the hand, and Bella's stalling for time. Yeah. And then the guard comes out and assumes that Bella is just in there with some other fucking dude and Dean's about to walk in and that guard man if I was that guard I would just be like I'm gonna be stationed uh strategically where I can hear the yelling because man the gossip <laughs> but also I do love that the guards literally just like like his face is like that's not my fucking problem yeah I don't like, get paid enough to deal with this she's shit. being taken care of all right like and moving Hilarious. on the stage within earshot. Hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, actually, while we're talking about the black tie event, mm-hmm. I have a couple of points about this scene. First of all, Gert is insane. Yeah. But much like Sam's cursed penis, mm-hmm. something else we learn about Sam through the series is that he is a milf magnet. <laughs> Old women love him. There is multiple occasions through the series where poor Sam is just stuck in this situation where old women are just and I say old 60 plus yeah there are multiple occasions through the series where women who are like at least 60 plus are old enough to have retired old enough to be his mother and then some are throwing themselves almost old enough to be their grand like his grandmother yeah in some cases like it's a bizarre thing that carries on through the series, and this is the start of it, so it's worth me pointing it out to you now. I also want to do a special shout-out to Jared's facial journey. When Gert is whispering in his ear, I think that that was hilarious. The actual... I will just put a caveat. The way that Gert is treating Sam in this scene is not funny. It's not cool. There is no, like... She shouldn't be, like, touching his butt or, like, making him uncomfortable, which she clearly is. Like, it's not appropriate. I get that the show is trying to play it off as a joke. It wouldn't be funny if it was an old man doing it to a young woman. So it's equally not funny when it's an old woman doing it to a younger man. Like, And it wouldn't be funny if they were the same age. If one person's uncomfortable, it's just not funny. But there are aspects of the scene that are funny. For example, Jared's facial journey. So I just want to make that abundantly clear. Yeah. But there are tiny little... Things in the execution that it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. That I will give you that. That's funny. Exactly. No, but speaking of Bella, the way she puts Dean in a suit and then straight up objectifies him. Oh. And the camera objectifies him. They do the yeah. same shot they do for female characters, which and is what we were talking about with Abigail. Yeah. How they frame Dean a lot in these traditionally feminine yeah. sort of frames. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we actually get the line from Bella, what are you, a woman? Which, come on, guys, do better. But also is very interesting when you're looking at, like, analysing it. Because, yeah, like, they are treating this male character with feminine tropes and feminine film techniques. 
and it's like it's very fucking interesting. <laughs> what, it's like why wouldn't we call? Why wouldn't we be like, oh yeah, that's queer when yeah. they're clearly portraying him in yeah. tropes and like the way they're shooting him and the way they're filming him are very traditionally feminine ways uh-huh. to yeah, and it's even it's that literally it's that stereotype iconic scene in every fucking coming of age movie where the girl's getting ready to go to prom because it's always American, and they walk down the fucking stairs. And, and they the feel kind dress. of uncomfortable and they're like, oh, I don't know if I look that good. Yeah. And, and then, then there's the guy at the bottom who's like lost for words and like, takes the like the deep breath just like fucking Bella does. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you and look stunning. Like, I-, I look weird and they're always like, it's not how I describe it. Yeah, exactly. It's never like an outward compliment. It's always yeah. just like disagreeing with the statement they made about themselves yeah yeah exactly it's exactly that fucking story the fact that they are framing bella in this episode in the masculine shots yeah i mean it just adds to a big dick energy doesn't it oh doesn't it doesn't it and like i just it's interesting to me that not only are they framing it that way and filming it and going with that direction but they also call it out themselves in the fucking dialogue Mm. and it's like where were you going with this? Like, like I, I think it was meant to be a quote-unquote joke, but also... It doesn't like, come off that way. No. At all. I think the issue is it's not like this episode is a one-off joke shot where he's framed in the feminine. Yeah. It's, it's a compelling thing. Every other episode he's framed in a way that is very, very, very traditionally feminine. Yeah. Like in um, the episode where Sam and John are arguing and he's in the middle of them. Yeah, and he's doing – you're right, yeah. we talked about this with Abigail, I think, when we were on their podcast yeah. for Simon, Simon Said. Yeah. And we were talking about how back in Dead Man's Blood, I think it was, Dean is framed between – John and Sam, and it's very much a recreation of that typical shot in a movie where the two men are fighting and the woman's between them like, stop it, stop it, and like hitting the chest. Yeah. And like, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly how it was framed. And actually there's a particular shot in season four, which is really interesting, mm. where you know how there'll be sometimes shots of women where it's shot from like between their legs facing yeah. forward so you can see the other person yeah. through their legs? There's a shot like that through... Dean's legs of another character. Yeah. And it's they're wondering, a- they were like, why is my macho masculine hero getting called queer by all these people who are also queer? Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe it's because. You're shooting him like a queer character. Yeah, exactly. There are so many fucking layers to this, uh, you know, especially when you want to talk about the stereotype of queer men being yeah. seen as, like, overtly feminine. feminine. Yeah. And that is a stereotype. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to film and media, like, there are a reason these tropes are used over and over and over again. People recognise those patterns. Like, this is why you don't need dialogue to explain this person is a love interest. You yeah. know, because of the shot, because of these scenes, which we've seen a million times. If someone does a shot like that, you immediately recognise it. There's actually a really good example of this in one of the later seasons. I want to say season... 14, I might be wrong. But there's, again, Dean and another character, and there's a balcony, like, area, and it's fucking Romeo and Juliet that, like, look up at the balcony thing. But you've got Dean in Juliet's position, so it's like, how are we not meant to read that if not as queer coded? Actually, do you know what? I think in that instance, there are opposite versions of it as well. Like, I think there are, like, reversed, like, up and down. But they do it. And it's like, yeah, because we've seen this a hundred times before. This is why... 
this is why we use these techniques because it, it conveys a message without having to devote dialogue to yeah. it. It's just, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting. And then, and then Dean actually saying, don't objectify me is like, it's just like, it means they, they were self aware. Like, they between, knew what they were doing. Between Bella's line about what are you a woman and Dean's line about don't objectify me and everything in between those two, like, they fucking know what they're doing. And you're right. Like, they try, like, I think it was supposed to be a joke, but it doesn't work that no. way. It just doesn't. Because the reaction from Bella seeing him come down is way too genuine. Yeah. And like, when she propositions him afterwards and he's yeah. like, oh, and he kind of And like, he does that little smirk thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he takes the compliment. Yeah. And that's a big deal for him. Too. It would have played more as a joke if Bella had like wolf whistled or some shit at him when he walked yeah. downstairs. Yeah. You know? Or if she had been like, or if he'd been like, you know, I look ridiculous. And she's like, well, what did we expect? Yeah. Like, you know, like, or like, or I couldn't expect any better from you. Exactly. Like, or like, you'll do. Yeah. You know, like, there are so many, especially with the relationship they have, there are so many snarky remarks they could have used to make it not this scene. But the fact that she genuinely reacts to him looking good, the fact that he, like, is flustered and, like, takes the compliment completely nullifies any chance of this actually being a joke. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> anyway, we need It's to like they were like, this entire joke is just going to center around the fact that we're going to shoot him as if he's, like a female in a coming-of-age movie. Yeah. Like, they didn't change anything about that trope to make it a comedic scene so that it was portrayed more as comedy versus a challenge of the, like, gender stereotypes that you're associating with Dean. We need to move on because we could talk about this for fucking ever, but... (laughs) Oh, okay. I have a... I have a note that is completely on a different tack. Okay. Completely, we're going to... So we're pivoting. Absolutely. The bathroom scene where the first brother drowns. Yes, yes. in the sink. Uh, in the bathtub. In the bathtub. Yes. Yeah, he's at the sink and then he goes, goes over to the, the bathtub. bathtub. Yeah, I have a couple of quick notes about this scene. First of all, the splashback at the sink, the like lots of little square tiles, I adore. It was gorgeous. I don't know how I feel about like the blue tiles around the room, but the little splashback just at the, like, the vanity sink area. Love that. I would have that shit in my house. It's cute as fuck. I love how you're like, oh yeah, let's talk about this horrific scene where a dude drowns. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but the splashback. It was fucking cute. You're gonna not like my other note about this scene. <laughs> my other thought was when he was trying to drain the bathtub and yeah. he's like playing with that little bit. It made me think back to France. Oh my god, the sink. <laughs> okay. So Jamie and I back in ooh, 2018? Before pandemic. Before pre pre-COVID. Yeah. We spent a month in France. Pre-Panini. Pre-Panini. We were very lucky to get the opportunity to spend a month in France. And we had a deal for every new place that we stayed, which was that whoever had to use the bathroom first was in charge of learning how the fuck to use the bathroom. Because there is so every fucking hotel, whatever we went to. There were different knobs and levers and buttons for fucking everything. And we didn't realise this was a thing, but, like, yeah, the same sort of plug system they have where you pull a wire and it pops the plug. Yeah. We're so In Australia, a lot of the plugs are sort of, like, they're the same style and shape and design, but they're spring-loaded. So, you, like, you can push them down Just and they click it. in and out. Yeah, or we have separate plugs. Or we have rubber separate stoppers. plugs that are rubber stoppers, which are pretty standard. I feel like you get them kind of everywhere. everywhere. But in the bathroom, in the new houses that you see... 
typically they're little like spring-loaded contraptions and you can just like push them in and out. Yeah. And like you push them in once and they stay and then if they're in and you push them again, they pop out. Yeah. So I'm in the bathroom in France in the first hotel we go to trying to work out this fucking plug. Turns out, no, it's like a little wire thing. Yeah, and then there was like one that we had to fucking twist or something. Yeah. And then there was... Yeah, no, it just, it reminded me, he like, him just being like, well, this should be working by all, by all the laws of physics as I understand it. I was like, this is just throwing me right back into, like, France and, like, you trying to figure out the bathroom and that one dude trying to break into our room. <laughs> I just wanted to wash my face. And I just wanted to have a nap after we got off the plane, but that fucking man was trying to break our damn door down. And it was, like, 11 o'clock at night and oh. it was so sunny out. <laughs> That trip was, was a great time. time, but it was a lot. It was a fucking time. Anyway, but yes, no, that scene, all I was like, I really was not paying attention to the man who was dying on my screen. I was really paying attention to the tiles and the fact that I was just reminiscing on us struggling to use foreign bathrooms. <laughs> like, it wasn't it wasn't a challenge I was expecting no. going to France. It wasn't, like, sure, a language barrier, yeah. cultural differences... Mm. You know, those were things I was expecting. The really rude dude at the train station. Exactly. Those things I, sure, I could have planned for. Not understanding how to empty a sink, not on my list of concerns. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, speaking of panicking, obviously we were panicking about a sink, Dean has like a legit almost panic attack when he realises his car is gone. And like, I can't blame him, yeah. but also it's like panic attacks aren't funny, but the scene is funny. Yeah. And... Oh, I love, like, Sam's just, like, relax, and he's just like, fucking relax? You're gonna tell me to fucking relax? My car is gone, and oh, And Bella's like, and he's like, oh, it's not a, it wasn't in a tow weight zone, and she's like, by the time I was done with it, it was. Yeah, right, and then someone else, oh, the second brother of the, like, the two drowning victims, called Baby Crappy. Yeah. And Dean is like, um, first of all, bitch. <laughs> like, I love it. Uh, he's so, he's so protective of his car he's so proud of his car and like a lot of emotional trauma attached to that car there's a lot of emotional trauma in this episode actually i know that we already kind of talked about dean and bella kind of like going for the kill every time yeah going for the fucking jugular but i realized there was something we didn't talk about which was closer to the end of the episode after like they've already like saved her and stuff and she's coming to give them the money I want to talk about the fact that I think it's interesting that she only valued her life at $10,000. I'm not saying, like, that she should have given them more, but, like, that's the value she's paying. She's like, I you don't saved my she, life. I don't think it's <laughs> my life is worth $10,000. I think it is your services that you rendered me were worth $10,000. Yeah. because Like, the seance, etc. is what she's paying uh, for rather than the because, saving her bit. The reason that I took it as, like, she's valuing herself at mm. being worth $10,000, which I was like, babe, you, you're better than that. <laughs> like, give yourself some more credit, was when, like, Dean goes to her, like, oh, you're so damaged, and she's like, takes one to no one. I feel like, looking at those two characters, they both have so much trauma. You'll learn more about Bella. Looking but... forward, do you think I'm going to continue to stand Bella? Do you think learning her backstory will make her... Like, am I going to still enjoy the character, or are they going to fucking butcher her? I do. Okay. I like her a lot. Lovely. I think that the narrative doesn't treat her very well, okay. and I think that is because of this, the fan response. That Like, here's the thing. It's fine for a narrative to not treat a character well, because yeah. you wouldn't have a story if the narrative treated the characters well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all the time. 
I'm also meaning like, you know how sometimes like they have a character that gets a bad fan response and so they completely change the character mm. into something that's just like not the character no. anymore. Like it's, she's very much a consistent character. Mm. I think, do you remember I was saying before, like there's that argument that um, people dislike Bella for the same reason they like Dean. Yeah. You know how like sometimes you introduce people and they don't like each other and it's because they're too similar. Yeah. Like they butt heads because they are too the same. Yeah. Dean and Bella yeah kind of that issue yeah Yeah. where it's like they don't they don't like each other not because they are too different but it's because they are too the same particularly i can't really i can't really get into it without spoiler stuff but we'll be able to talk about it really soon yeah like within the season we'll be able to talk about it properly but yeah i do think that especially like that line where she says like he says oh you're so damaged and he Mm -hmm. says it like it's an insult and she's like she turns it around she's like takes one to no one like you too. Here's the do. thing: if you're insulting me for being damaged, like, have you looked in the fucking mirror, mate? Yeah, it's like what's that Bible um, story where it's just like, um, he who has not sinned can be the first to cast the stone yeah. or something. Yeah, it's like he who is without sin shall cast the first stone. That's the one. Damn it! I was the one who went to a religious school. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. I think I got one or two words from that wrong. Ah, anyway, but yes, like mm. that's the that's the concept. <laughs> Talking about the seance. Yeah. Um, I feel like, first of all, it does kind of tie back into something that you talked about recently, which was that even though they don't like Bella, they're still going to save her. Mm-hmm. Like, and it comes really back so to the, like, saving Bella's people hunting se- thing. second episode, and the second time they've had to save her. Yeah. Because both times she has been in possession of a cursed object. Yeah. Then been put at risk because of the cursed object. And then the brothers have had to negate the effect of the cursed object. Yeah. And obviously the first time was with the rabbit's foot and she was also an active participant in yeah. negating the effect of the rabbit's foot. But this time it's uh, she became the object, the, the yeah, target it, of the cursed object. And, it's funny because I've never put two and two together like that. But you're right. Yeah, it's almost the exact same sort of story format. Yeah. In that she comes back and helps him in the end because her life is the one at risk. Yeah, and that comes back to her being really self-serving like yeah. as a character. But also, do you think that, that since they got rid of the ghost through ghost family therapy, yeah. the the right hand of the hanged man is like now just like a normal occult object? Because it doesn't have oh. any haunting associated with it. Because the ghost ship, etc. was part of the whole haunting thing. Yeah. It wasn't... Yeah, like, so it wasn't become... the item independently that was that. It was because the hand was still a tether. Yeah. Actually, that's a really the ghost. good... That's a really good point. Like, does It's it... not just inherently because it's the right hand of a hangman. Yeah, does it become null and void? Do you know what? I don't actually know. I would assume that, yes, it would just sort of be reverted. It's it's kind of like, I guess, the in Bad Day of Black Rock, we had the rabbit's foot. If it was just the foot of any old rabbit, then it wouldn't be a rabbit's foot. Yeah. But because it was like... This particular one was like fucking in a cemetery at night on the, the full, full moon, moon or whatever blah, 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 on the thirteenth, whatever. Yeah, so like because it was specifically yeah, no, that's a really interesting. Like question, I guess because yeah, it I guess like it was just a essentially like taxidermy hand, yeah, or mummified hand. The only thing that made it particularly powerful was that it had a spirit attached to it. So if the spirit has been dissolved, then I guess that it's just a fucking... But then they also do mention that, like, the right hand of a hangman is an occult item. So it's like, does it also have, like, inherent power, but it's just sort of like it had a ghost attached, so now it was, like, not only an occult item with with some sort of, like, power. I guess I'm just sort of wondering, like, now that it's no longer got a 
ghost attached to it, is it still a death omen? And just like now reverts back to a normal sort of occult so, item? Yeah, because the death omen... Because the hand itself isn't a death omen. No. The ship was the death omen and the ship, ship was, was attached around, to the ghost. Yeah, which was attached to the hand. So yeah. it's, it's a whole... Oh, it's a whole chain of events, really. And so once you delete the link in the chain, does it just make the hand like a normal occult item, like the right hand of any hanged man sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I would assume so. I would have to assume so. Yeah. Um, Do we ever see the right hand of hanged man? Not, that I, not that I can think of. They tend not... When it comes to this kind of stuff, they tend not to repeat it. Because yeah. there's, like, so much to choose from. Like, why would you? Yeah. What I do want to just quickly touch on, though, just while we're talking about the hanged man, it is so annoying to me that the past tense of hanging is hanged and not hung. It just pisses me off. It's so annoying to me. I don't know if I'm the only one, but it's just, it's always annoyed me. Like, it just, it doesn't sound right. Hanged sounds wrong to me. Sounds fine to me. It sounds wrong. Like, to be like, oh, they were hung sounds way better to me than they were hanged. Like, it just sounds clunky. Like, I don't... I don't understand why it's hanged instead of hung. If someone is, like, a literary expert, feel free to explain to me why this is the case. But, like, like a linguistics expert, like, please tell me. Because I hate it so fucking much. It has always annoyed me. End of end of tangent. <laughs> Sorry, I shed. I can shed no light on that. I've got two degrees and neither of them were in. That's okay. You don't, you, you've already given me so many scuba diving information today, so... Or so much scuba diving information today. So, at the start of the episode... Oh, not the start. Within, like, the first, like, 15 minutes, I want to say, of the episode, just after the second brother has died, Sam and Dean are in the car, and Dean says to Sam, you know, look, we can't save everybody. Mm. And Sam's like, yeah, but it doesn't make me fucking feel any better. And also, like, just gonna just gonna mention here, lately there's been a lot of people that I haven't been able to save, <coughs> Dean. And then later in the episode, they have an argument right at the end, when they're in the car, they're driving away. And Sam basically clarifies for Dean, because he's basically being like, look, I'm sorry that I'm leaving you alone i'm sorry like that i'm that i'm not gonna be around and sam's like stop fucking worrying about me literally i like i'm not worried about me i'm fucking worried about you can you please be worried about you for like one fucking second of your entire life can you stop worrying about me and worry about yourself i just thought it was really interesting because like sam is kind of approaching it comes it really comes back to like the parent child complex like sam is looking at it like we are equals in this i am your brother and you are my brother and you should be worried about yourself. And Dean is looking at it from like the perspective of I am Sam's parent. I need to make sure that he's going to be okay when I'm gone kind of thing. Um, Like I need to look after Sam even in death. And Sam's like, that's not like, it's, it's interesting. It's almost like they both have a, they both have a very different idea of what their relationship actually is. That's like, for me anyway, that's like how I kind of interpret it. And yeah. I just wanted to touch on it because I think it is interesting. I have nothing to add to that. Sorry. That's alright, you don't have to have anything to add to it. I just um I just thought it was worth it. I also love uh that Sam went out of his way to clarify that Bella didn't pull one over on him, like she only fooled Dean. Because Dean's very much like, oh, I can't believe she did this to us again. And Sam's like, uh, she me. didn't. She did it to you, bro. Like, this was not me. <laughs> Sam had like literally nothing to do with it. Like Sam was just downstairs entertaining Gert. Like Yeah, the whole time. Um, but yes, no, I love that he like went out of his way to be like mm, don't bring me into this. Like, you fucked up. This ain't on me. This is your own goddamn fault. Like, yeah. Did you have anything else? No, I think I'm all done for today. I think I think we've pretty well covered everything in this episode. Cool beans. In that case, 
how would you rate today's episode of Red Sky at Morning out of five? I am going to give Red Sky at Morning a three and a half out of five. Oh, yeah. Would have been a three stars because it's very middle of the road, but it's got Bella, so it gets an extra half a point. <laughs> yeah, that's fair justification. I think I agree. This episode is like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I love Bella. And I... if Bella wasn't there, it would be a very boring episode. Oh, yeah. She certainly yeah. adds adds a little bit of flavor to it. Yeah. That's a very fair rating. The next episode is called Fresh Blood. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears? I'm worried it's going to be vampires again. Okay. <laughs> the title is Fresh Blood. Uh-huh. We've just done vampire episodes. Actually, no, we haven't done a vampire we episode since this... Bloodlust in season two, have we? I don't think so. We haven't had one this season, for sure. We've had Gordon, yeah. which might be why you're, you're thinking, associating. Yeah. Like... These fuckers are meant to be extinct. I know. Okay, so so you think that it's going to be vampires or you're worried that it's going to be? Because they're two different things. I'm worried that it's going to be vampires, therefore negating the whole vampires are almost extinct fucking thing. All right. Do you have any other thoughts about it? No, I'm just worried vampires. Okay. Uh, well, before we uh, move on from this, I do just want to quickly make a note that the remaining episodes of this season, the writer's involved are all pretty significant so like every episode from here on out through the rest of the season is like all people who went on to be showrunners so we've got next up is sarah gamble yeah who obviously we've talked about showrunner season six seven yeah then jeremy carver who yep. was showrunner eight nine ten yeah and then uh we've got oh i tell a lie sorry because uh, the other is ben edland he was never showrunner but, but he's a fan he's favorite. One of the other writers that you should keep an eye out for. Or I'd certainly keep an eye out for anyway. Uh, and then, of course, finishing the season, we've got Eric Kripke. We've got Catherine Humphreys and Emily McLaughlin who are doing, like, who co-write a couple. Yeah. But those names are ones that yeah. we usually look out for. And the fact that the rest of the season is just back to back to back to back these names is just probably worth, like, mentioning before we get into them. Just as a general. So we can be extra disappointed if they don't live up. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Exactly. Okay, so that just about does it for today's episode. So if you would like to get in touch with us outside of listening to us ramble incessantly for an hour or so every week, you can always hit us up on our social medias. You can find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPigsPod. I feel like she would love to have a discussion with you over there about, you know, the AU where Ava fucking won the Demon Hunger Games Mm -hmm. and went on to be Queen of Hell, why the fuck not, and assembled her girl squad, including Meg ruby and bella if that sounds like something that you would vibe with head on over to twitter and chat about that with jamie i'm sure she would be thrilled to discuss the au's quick reminder spoiler free (laughs) spoiler free au's so nothing post season three nah well we'll probably be up to season four by the time this airs yeah like we're not going into the (laughs) nothing beyond the first episode of season four let's make that the suggestion Okay, and if you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her on Tumblr at DriverPicksThePodcast. Look, you can talk to her about anything. She just wants friends. But I would suggest sending her your favourite examples of when Dean's being framed as the female in a scene. What shot choices, what tropes. Because, like, they do it. Like, we're only three seasons in, and they've done it quite a bit. And they continue to. So you don't have to worry about spoilers for Beth, so you can send her any of them. What's your favourite example? So that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to have you back next week. Bye. Bye.